Welcome to another episode of Teaching Canada's History. I'm your host, Joanna Dawson, and in this special educator series, we're speaking with the finalists of the 2019 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Created in 1996, the award recognizes best practices in teaching Canadian history and is an opportunity to highlight the important work that teachers and students are doing to interpret and share the stories of the past. Today, I'm speaking with Michael Pipledo, a high school teacher in Ontario. Michael and his co-teacher, Agnieszka Chalice, submitted an arts-integrated history project that encourages students to engage with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action. Thank you for joining me today, Michael, and congratulations to you both on being named a finalist for this year's award. Thank you very much. So first of all, why don't you tell me a little bit more about yourself and the school you teach at and your students? Sure. So for the past several years, um, Agnieszka and I have taught at Leehurst College, which is a small independent secondary school in Kingston, Ontario. I'm a history teacher and Agnieszka teaches visual art. So last year, uh, we collaborated on two innovative arts integrated history projects. The first, we had our students create Banksy-inspired street art that explored significant issues in Canadian Indigenous history. And then for the second project, we had our students read a residential school survivor's personal memoir and then respond to his life story by producing unique visual essays. Wonderful. So why don't you, uh, if you don't mind taking us a little bit, it, I know there's a lot of excellent work going on here, but can you take us a little bit into the projects and tell us uh, a little bit more about the process and some of the work that the students did? Sure. So the purpose of the first project, the, the Banksy project, was to engage critical thinking about dominant historical narratives and stereotypes concerning Canada's Indigenous peoples. Uh, so each student chose a topic to research that resonated with them. Then they examined primary and secondary sources to probe beneath the surface of those topics to explore the historical realities. Um, and we scaffolded a several sort of processes through this by creating um, different worksheets that allowed them to focus their research uh, and, and to, to make their own discoveries throughout the historical inquiry process. Then we introduced the kids to the political messaging and artistic conventions in the work of Banksy, the infamous or famous uh, and anonymous street artist. So that's where Agnieszka really was able to teach them the techniques of creating stencil street art so that the kids could then create their own unique pieces of stencil graffiti art that communicated the findings from their historical inquiry and to draw attention to those chosen historical issues. So that was the first project in a sort of a nutshell. Building on that experience, we then designed a project that we called the Broken Circle Project as a way for our students to reach a deeper understanding of the consequences of the system of Indian residential schools in Canada. So the first project was really quite broad in scope, and then we narrowed the focus down to focus specifically on the consequences of the residential schools. So we spent several classes exploring the roots of discrimination against Indigenous peoples in Canada to establish the historical context. And then we all read Theodore Fontaine's memoir, Broken Circle, The Dark Legacy of Indian Residential Schools. In response to the memoir, we challenged the kids to create visual essays depicting the four phases of Theodore's life. 
And the four phases were innocence, destruction, survival, and reconciliation. They could use any number of artistic techniques, so they were choosing things from colored pencils and watercolor paints to different paper and digital collage techniques. Some students used representational objects, and one student in particular uh, created plaster sculpture um, to create her visual essay. They also wrote personal letters to Theodore describing how they connected to his story and how his memoir helped them learn about Canadian history. We then had the extraordinary opportunity to meet Theodore in person and to present him with a collection of the students' artwork and their letters. Wonderful. It sounds very powerful for sure. What was the, how did you and Agnieszka come together um, as an art teacher and a history teacher? How did this project get started between the two of you? And um, what do you think was the greatest sort of impact or value of the incorporation of a visual art aspect to the history project? Right. So full disclosure, Agnieszka and I are um, not just teaching partners. We're also um, partners in life. Agnieszka is my wife. So we were we t- we talk a lot about our disciplines, and we were both teaching at the same school, um, and so a lot of these different issues were coming up. And we came up with, over the years. We sort of developed first starting with a Holocaust project, and then we did American history, visual arts history projects together uh, to sort of hone our sort of teaching philosophy, where we integrate art making with historical learning. So we both believe strongly in the essential value of our respective disciplines, but we also think that integration serves to enhance student learning and engagement in both the areas. So it's a co-equal approach. And over the past few years, including the, the, the two projects I just described, we've observed this firsthand where the more students learn about history, the more their artworks develop. And the more their artworks develop, the more they improve their historical thinking skills. So I think that's part of the impact is that their their experiences with the historical inquiry process by doing visual arts enhances both their visual literacy and their historical literacy. That's a really interesting point. And there is a lot of deep inquiry and historical thinking in both of these projects. Could you speak to that a little bit more and talk about how you really embed that thinking throughout the work? Right. So if we think about um, the historical thinking concepts, we really focused on cause and consequence in the second project, for example, looking at uh, the first several classes that we did in the Broken Circle project in establishing that historical context is that we scaffolded in several activities where students were working hands-on with uh, with primary source evidence to consider the origins of the Indi- Indian residential schools, the motivations behind the school system, who operated them, and and the values and the ideas that 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 were the foundation of that of that system. Then what was critically important is oftentimes we don't deal enough with either side of that. So we really focused on why why they existed in the first place, from the, the churches who ran them to the government, uh, the federal government who um, established them, and then looking at the actual consequences. And oftentimes we have students who come in uh, on certain topics, especially this one, where they think at the beginning of a unit or the beginning of a course, that they already know what they need to know about the residential schools because they've they've encountered it in middle school or elementary school, but they haven't done a, a deep dive. They haven't engaged in the historical inquiry process at the requisite level. And so what we try to do then 
is to create the environment where they can actually slow down and spend some time uh, engaged with the material. And the memoir works perfectly for that. Uh, Theodore Fontaine's uh, memoir is both moving, but it's very accessible and we could get through it. And so we scaffolded in different activities, uh, different discussions to, to, to tease out what the themes were and how they related to his story and how uh, his the, 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 his experiences in the residential school system affected his entire life, affected the lives of his family members, et cetera, et cetera. So they got a, a much broader scope uh, of, of the actual impact of the history of uh, Indian residential schools. Right. And so you've spoken, of course, about being able to uh, work a little bit with Theodore Fontaine and have him speak with the students. And there's also another um, community component here in that the students' work was displayed at Queen's University. Exactly, correct? yes. Could you tell us a little bit more about that process? Part of our approach to arts-integrated history projects is that we really actively try to create a platform for students to actually share their work beyond the walls of the school. So um, to engage with a wider community, a community beyond the school community into our community. So in, in, in the instance of Kingston, um, we, we knew that there was a uh, art gallery in the faculty of education at, at Queens. And um, <clears throat> so we, we reached out to them and worked with them to uh, exhibit their work and, and, uh, put it on display in the art uh, gallery, which is hugely important. And once the second the students know that this is going to not end in our classroom, it really ups the ante and they really get involved. And they know they, they put so much hard work into knowing that, you know, the public is going to see this. Um, we also, for the first project, for the Banksy project, you know, we tried to stay true to uh, the ethos of, uh, street art, where it's it's taking um, your messages to the public and confronting in public spaces. So before we exhibited in the uh, art gallery at Queens, the students' artwork we, we actually we couldn't go out into the city and actually spray paint on on walls and break the law. Um, but it, it, <laughs> to sort of go around that, we we had the students uh, create their works on large uh, wood planks. And then we drilled holes in the tops of them. And then we went out into the, the community and very temporarily hung them in very strategic places. So one student had done a project dealing with and raising questions about the responsibility of Canada's first prime minister, Johnny MacDonald, in relationship to um, Indigenous people and the Métis in Manitoba and the, the issues of genocide and cultural genocide. Um, and so we were able to very temporarily again sort of hang her piece on a fence with Sir John A. Macdonald's grand statue in the in the center of the city uh, in the background. So things like that, sort of attaching meaning to different places, and then we hung them in the art gallery. They also we are also really lucky because then the students' work we were invited to exhibit the students' work uh, at the art gallery of. Uh, Ontario in Toronto um, for a special event on decolonizing institutions where there was teacher conferences. So a lot of teachers uh, got to see um, the, the exhibit sort of in a traveling sense. So we were able to put it up um, uh, at the AGO. 
That is very cool. And I love your solution of not breaking the law. Um, (laughs) Always important. They wanted to, they really, really did, but then they really didn't. (laughs) They would love that. Um, But I mean, the way that you handled it, of course, um, brings in a whole new dimension of where are we going to place these um, artworks and what's that going to say and what's that experience going to be for um, someone who walks by and sees that. So that is very cool. And, um, you know, through we're, we're so fortunate through this award to see so many interesting projects and teachers, and um, increasingly we're seeing more community collaborations and work that gets the students um, uh, projects that gets the students to share their work with other people outside of their their classroom, and it seems so so valuable. Um, so that's um, very cool, and uh, I, and I love I love uh, that approach that you've taken as well. So maybe before we wrap up here, I think I'll ask you what what advice you might give yourself to either new teachers or a younger version of yourself who's looking to take on some sort of rigorous and meaningful history projects with their students. Um, Is there anything that you would share either from this experience or from your experience as a teacher more broadly? Yeah, I think right off the top of my head, it's to take risks, to be innovative. Uh, There's there's too often a, a tendency that we we simply teach the way that we were taught. Mm-hmm. So my advice is to try to think beyond those sort of those sort of confines, um, and not to do it the way that you think it should be done, but trusting yourself to try to find new ways. And for me, that involved a lot of collaboration. We often work, especially at the secondary level, we we very much work in in silos very often, disciplinary silos. So right. we might have conversations with other teachers, but we don't necessarily find common ground where, where we can actually learn from those disciplines and collaborate. And, and that's what I would encourage uh, teachers to do because it, it, it certainly bore fruit for me as a history teacher to collaborate with a visual art teacher. The other element to this is to listen to your students, uh, to listen to their students, to trust them, and to challenge them by challenging yourself to try to do these different kinds of projects. The payoffs can be huge and the impact can be really quite meaningful. Wonderful. And we definitely see that through the through your project and the work that the students, uh, your students have completed. So thank you for to both you and Agnieszka for all your incredible work in the classroom. Congratulations again on being named finalists for this year's award. Great. Thank you so much. 